This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Several years ago, I spent a day on the South Fork of the Snake River in eastern Idaho. It was September, and a friend from Idaho Falls took me and my two sons on a float. We had a fine day catching cutthroats and browns. But the South Fork is a Yellowstone cutthroat fishery, and lately the brown trout population seems to be increasing. So the Idaho Department of Fish and Game Biologists have been shocking fish in the river and taking the brown trout back to a lab to analyze the contents of their stomachs. Uh, sounds yummy, doesn't it, Dave? It does, <laughs> and I'm glad that uh, that's not happening to us after lunch. Oh, man, no kidding. Well, what these biologists hope to find is whether or not these browns are eating the natives, the Yellowstone cuts. What they found in these brown trout bellies matters to fly fishers. It's the next best thing to an interview with the trout themselves to find out what they feed on. When you know what they feed on, you know what flies to use. So let's talk about their findings. What did they find, Dave? Well, what they found out was, and this was published in Hatch magazine almost a year ago, was that the Idaho biologists found out that the, the trout were not feeding on, the brown trout were not feeding on as many cutthroat as they originally thought. The thesis, I think, of the study was that the, the native population was down because of the brown trout, and I think they turned out that that wasn't true. Dissected 75 brown trout bellies and found, I think, only two cutthroat, right? Yeah, yeah, only two. Now, that's one study and, and one study only. It's hard to make generalizations from that, but uh, maybe there were just few cutthroat in that stretch of river during the study, but it seems like their findings were... We're fairly conclusive, and uh, yeah, the the cuts were not uh, disappearing because of, of predation by browns. Well, I do think it is clear that whenever trout or brown trout enter a stream, they, they do tend to dominate. I don't know if you remember uh, our fishing the Little Jordan about oh, yeah. a year ago, mm-hmm. so we read right. that book. I forget the name of the book, but the book had probably been published four, five, six, seven years earlier. It just said it was a brook trout fishery, but when we got there, I caught that one tiger trout, which is a yeah, cross between right. a brook and mm-hmm. a brown, but the rest of them were all browns, yeah, weren't they? I caught, I caught one brook. Oh, you did? Okay. It, the rest, yeah, all the rest were browns. And I, I've seen that in other places. I mean, I've seen that in Montana. I've seen that, uh, you know, certainly in in Wisconsin, even in Colorado, different fisheries. So that's, uh, yeah, it's pretty clear that whenever browns enter a stream, they tend to dominate. So what did they find then in these brown trout bellies, and why does it matter to fly fishers like you and me? Well, the first thing is that one of the significant findings was that more than half of the browns were digesting stoneflies. And I don't think you and I would go, oh, that was totally insightful. But it's just a good Mm -hmm. reminder that keep your fly box full of stoneflies, especially those big nymph stoneflies. Of course, it depends on the stream you're fishing and what size you're fishing. But you know, those takeaway, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I tell you, as I'm getting older and as I fly fish more, I'm trying to get to be more simple and in terms of what's in my fly box yes. and mm-hmm. reducing complexity. I don't need 5,000 flies, right. but certainly 
a bunch of variations of the stonefly nip need to be in your fly box. Yeah, that's truly true. And again, make sure your river has stoneflies. Uh, for example, a river that we fish frequently in Montana, the Missouri River, really doesn't have a lot of stoneflies. So y- you need to know. But uh, we've we've had other places. We did really well a couple falls ago in the Gardner River, uh, northern part of Yellowstone, just catching browns on uh, stonefly patterns. Yeah, for sure. And I think stonefly patterns are legion, right? Yeah, they are. You know, different yep. types. And what are some of your favorites, Steve? Um, I like the uh, the kind of a brown Pat's rubber leg stonefly or any rubber leg stonefly pattern. And as the name suggests, it, it's got a brown body with brown rubber legs. I mean, it's about as simple as that. Uh, size is going to depend on the river you're fishing, but I like these in, in a size 8 or 10, uh, you know, fairly decent size. Uh, other longtime favorites of fly fishers include the girdle bug, that's black with white legs, uh, the bitch creek, which has a black body with orange yarn woven into it, uh, plus uh, white or brown uh, rubber legs. Again, yeah, there's many, many other patterns, but you really don't need to get too fancy. No, and I think in some sense we always say all fly fishing is local so go to your local fly shop yeah that's right they usually have the patterns that they're hitting on and in in that locale or the specific color and we'll make recommendations on size it's just a good reminder that stone flies need to be in your fly box and and lots of them absolutely what else uh, did they find besides stone flies well another was caddis flies and this is as basic as you get just like stone flies and I guess they found out like there were 998 items found in 75 brown trout bellies and 444 of them, just less than half, were caddisflies. So, wow. you know, in fact, one brown trout, brown trout was reported to have 140 caddisflies in its gut. <laughs> oh, man. That's wow. unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Is there a little bit... Uh, larger sometimes than than some of the smaller uh, mayflies. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Like you say, that's not a surprise, but it is a timely reminder for uh, fly fishers to keep caddis flies in their box all summer long, at least in the West. You don't have to be, uh, uh, you know, right in that prime caddis hatch. I mean, throughout the summer, uh, I've, I've had friends who fished the Madison River just inside Yellowstone National Park, and they did that on summer evenings, and the trout are rising to caddis flies. So, uh, yeah, caddis get a lot of attention when they show up in the spring. But, uh, yeah, even throughout the summer, plus, as we've talked about it before, uh, caddis patterns, like an elk hair caddis, that's a pretty good attractor pattern. So even if, uh, yeah, nothing else is happening, put a caddis on. Yeah, but, for sure. We've often... certainly, yeah, it works for browns because of... Uh, um, yeah, that, that's something that they feed on. Oh, well, I've caught a lot of fish during hopper season when you're fishing hoppers and then you throw on a, you might throw on a big caddis and they hit that as well. Right. So yeah, a caddis right. just serves mm-hmm. as a, you know, those big attractor pattern, yep. caddis attractor patterns. Yep. No, absolutely. Work a lot. And if you're in Western yeah. Colorado in July, you know, it pays probably not to go out to the river until about 7.30 or 8 p.m. and fish for a couple hours and just fish at us on the surface. Yep. And you'll catch, mm-hmm. you know, you'll catch a handful of trout in, a, in an hour or so. Right. So, you know, in the evenings, in the summertime, uh, I just think it's really great. You know, we also, um, you remember this last fall, we were 
I think we were, what, were, what was it was our top fly on the, on the yellow, no, it was on the Madison. We were fishing those big Hebgen Lake rainbows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were, we dropped a tiny caddis. Was it an emerger? Yeah, it was an emerger. Yeah, what, mm-hmm. they, what, what did we call that? What was, it was called a serendipity, oh, yeah, I think. I think it was. But it was just uh-huh. this tiny caddis emerger. And, you know, I caught the biggest rainbow that I've caught in years on that tiny little caddis emerger right as it hit the swing, right? Right as it, the, at, you know, I was fishing nymphs, but right as it began the drift, well, right at the end of the swing is when yeah. that thing hit mm-hmm. it. So so caddis are ubiquitous. Yep. So yep, uh, your fly box should be full of them and different colors too, right? Yeah, right. We, uh, you know, we kind of like the tan, the, the elk are caddis, but sometimes the... Uh, uh, kind of the dubbing material, kind of the, the the underbelly. If you're looking at it from the bottom, I mean that can be that can be tan, that can be a little darker brown, sometimes a green or an olive. Uh, yeah, works really even well a darker too. black sometimes. Yeah, that's you know. right. We've used those. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. There have been yeah. times on the Minnesota Driftless where we just didn't have the right color, and you switch yeah. to a different color, and and all of a sudden they start to hit it. Yeah, and, it does uh, make a difference. It sure does. All right, so stoneflies, uh, caddis. Uh, what's another non-surprising but very important uh, finding? Would they say they call them like river sharks? I think is yeah, what they call yeah, browns. That's right. And so, along with you know, so they they were full of woolly buggers. You're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they like that small those small fish, right? And they like yeah. s- as well as sculpins and that's snails right. and mul- yep. and mayflies and mm-hmm. some whitefish. Yeah. And you know, as as Hatch Magazine pointed out, as river sharks. They're going to look to the biggest meal that gives them, you know, the biggest bang for calories. And, oh, yeah. And so those, and it's why those browns, I think, get so big. Oh, I know. It's well, their diet, right? Well, what was the story that Craig Matthews was telling us about? The guy that, that uh, used to own the uh, Blue Ribbon Fly Shop, remember? Oh, was, yeah. He yeah. said there were there were um, ground squirrels they found in the belly of a... Of, uh, of a brown, of a brown, brown. trout. This was come one that came out of Hebgen Lake. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a ground squirrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Man. But you know those they'll eat mice. Um, yeah, they're just. It seems like they're voracious. So so streamers. So right, streamers are going to imitate those, you know, sculpins or or uh, smaller fish. They're uh, yeah, they're, they're really a, that's a good way to go. So. Good night. When you talk about streamer patterns, the conversation almost begins and ends or stops with the woolly bugger. Right. I mean, is there anything else? Well, I yeah, think, there is. I but. think fly fishers, you know, the great fly tires fly other patterns simply because they're so bored with the woolly bugger because you can get it in so many colors and sizes and, yeah, I know. you know, all the tails and yeah. all the stuff that they add to it. But at the end of the day, the woolly bugger is the woolly bugger. And, and for some reason, those... Browns like the woolly bug. Oh, I know it. So it could be a brown, brown colored. It could be black. It could be olive. And again, there's all kinds of variations. By the way, if you are uh, learning to uh, tie flies, uh, woolly bugger is not a hard pattern to tie. It's kind of fun because you get to wrap hackle and and uh, you know maybe do a couple of other things that a little bit more complicated than just tying a San Juan worm or a or a you know, a beadhead brassy, but, uh, yeah, still woolly buggers are easy to tie. They're, they're larger flies. And I've used some red in, in some of the ones that I've, uh, fished in, 
in Highlight Reservoir above Bozeman, Montana. I use those for cutthroat. But yeah, for browns, if you stick with brown, black, olive, I've, I've seen some variations. Uh, there's, a, there's a pattern that we called a JJ Special that, that had a lot of yellow in it and, and even had some rubber legs. It was almost like a cross between a stonefly and a, yeah. and a streamer because it was a streamer, but it, it, it added the rubber legs. And I've, I've used uh, the, the big old white uh, Dalai Lama before. And, and it's funny, sometimes we've even been in fly shops and we've heard guides saying, well, you know, boy, in that stretch of river... White was really working yesterday, and another guy said, "Well, you know, brown seemed to be working fine." And then at the end of the conversation, <laughs> it was like, "Well, uh, I guess the color does it really, really matter?" matter. Yeah. yeah. So just recently, I was out on the Blue River, and it was January, and when I left for the stream, it was 51 degrees. When I got there, it was 32 degrees, and when I finally got off the river, it was 20 degrees. <laughs> I was so cold, but I drifted, I dead drifted some woolly buggers, some black woolly buggers, and I also dropped, what was I dropping? I think I dropped a San Juan worm, but they, I had two really nice brown trout that I caught that all hit that black woolly bugger, and I was just a, it was just a good reminder. There's one, there's so many ways to fish streamers, right? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you do tend to catch really nice size fish yeah, with streamers. So it's a, it's a staple of their diet. Not the woolly bugger itself, but the, right. but the yeah. you know the smaller fish yeah. and what when sculpins and stuff that it imitates. And if you want to catch brown trout, you got a streamer fish. Yep, that's for sure. So we're grateful for the work of the Idaho Department of Fish and Game Biologists. Uh, they've disputed what we feared, and they've confirmed what we already know. Uh, the question now is, what's in your fly box? <laughs> or I should say, what's in your fly wallet? <laughs> oh, that was good, wasn't it? Well, the proper answer is, if you're fishing for browns, uh, do you have an ample supply of stoneflies, caddisflies, and streamers? Uh, you, you can't go wrong. For sure. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Gary commented on a recent podcast we did with our sons, talking about parenting kids to love the outdoors. Gary talked about the importance of exposing your kids to the outdoors and instilling in them a reverence for nature. Then he closed with this. I started taking my daughter fishing when she was two and a half years old, and she's got the fever for sure. In fact, she has lamented several times this winter that we haven't fished recently, and she wants to go to Bass Pro Shops after her brother is born. <laughs> I love it. I do love that. That oh, is so boy. awesome. Yes, train up a child. Go to Bass Pro. And, yeah. wow, see if they'd let you fish in the little trout stream. I, yeah. I'm still thinking maybe I should ask the, the, the folks in Gurney, Illinois, just north of where I live, if I could fish for those big old lunkers in there. Well, they, they're obese, aren't they? I mean, uh, some yeah, of those trout are. just look like they're miserable because oh, they're so big. And they probably wouldn't take anything no. other than a marshmallow pattern. <laughs> <laughs> or a brown pellet. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Oh, man. Well, that's going to do it for today. We're always happy to have you join the conversation. You can do that by going to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. You can find us on all the social platforms, and if you'd like to send us an idea for a podcast, we definitely need all the ideas we can get. You can email us at stevedave at twoguysinariver.com. That's Steve Dave, one word, just two names, and all put together. Stevedave at twoguysinariver.com. So, and we'll take your 
take your uh, advice and take your suggestions and turn them into into podcasts. And we also want to thank all those who've purchased uh, the Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. And those of you who have not done so yet, you can pick that up on Amazon. Shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah, this bestseller <laughs> that has taken the nation by storm. <laughs> right. <laughs> One last thing, be sure to refer the podcast. That's how we grow. And, and we are so grateful for so many of you who have done so. And you referred it to your chapters, to book groups, to people you fly fish with. And that's just the best way you grow is through word of mouth. And you have done that. And thank you very much. Yes, thank you for that. And thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.